It's episode 975, and it's The Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, is Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, and mogul, Derek Miner. What's that? And once again, from Houston, Texas, because Jamie Ivey is vacationing in Europe right now, in Italy. Uh, Joining us is downtown, Emily Brown. Hello. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to author and speaker Lisa Bevere. I've known her literally my entire life. I've known her since the 80s. She's, she's a real one. She's great. Uh, she's coming up. Uh, we also have at the end of the show, I don't know. You know, normally we do a game. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to switch it up. I kind of want to get some conversation going. I have some pot-stirring questions for you guys. A little get-to-know-the-cast table right. topics are coming up. So don't miss Yay. that. <laughs> Don't sound too enthused, Derek. <laughs> I got some questions. But Derek, I want to talk about why you missed the last couple podcasts. Because what you were doing in DC is really important and notable. And I want our audience to know about it. Talk to us about the event that you put together on Capitol Hill last week. Man, thank you. So um, for the last couple of years, I think it was really pre-George Floyd. Um like anybody that's followed my career know that I've spent a lot of time like <laughs> advocating for black rights and kind of constantly getting backlash from like, you know, certain Jesse. places, right? <laughs> Not Jesse. <laughs> places other than Jesse, right? <laughs> Thank you for places. clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> Just read between the lines, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of, you know, who the biggest people that have been frustrated with the work. So like, I just kind of got to the point where I was like, man, I'm not going to constantly be arguing with people and all that stuff. I'm going to do something about it. So for the past two years, I've been building with a group called the Clapham group. And we came up with the uh, ownership is the new black uh, ownership is new black campaign. And what it is, is just taking artists and, and business owners and really celebrating, educating and activating them in their local community. So we took a lot of uh, artists with us to Washington, D.C. Uh, we took Aaron Cole, Juan Day, Cannon, uh, Foggy Ross, several other like no big deal. artists. We, we took them to D.C. We took them to the National Museum of African-American History, a uh, three-story museum that just kind of goes through just what uh, African-American history looks like. We took them to Capitol Hill to meet with their local uh, Senate staff off, uh, offices. We took them to the White House to meet with the faith and um, domestic policy uh, teams there. We also took them to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and uh, at the end, we had an event where, you know, it was beautiful. It was it was uh, DJ spinning records. And then we had a conversation on the wealth gap with the uh, Rockefeller Foundation and uh, a couple other people uh, like Hill America. Uh, it just talked about the wealth gap. So it's been a it's been a beautiful, beautiful thing. Super, super great. Derek, you know, whenever I feel like we were, you know, especially kind of post pandemic, or, you know, since the pandemic started, it's like watching the news is always kind of a bummer. And every day, you know, there are headlines. You got the the war. Obviously, we've had, you know, a lot of racial tensions in the country. Economic uh, the uncertainty. Last, yeah. Yeah. A exactly. pandemic. Yeah. And, and so 
it's sometimes I feel like, you know, if you just are kind of on the receiving end of kind of the news cycle, it can be kind of scary and, you know, kind of a bummer. But, you know, going to 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 D.C. and actually kind of uh, not only kind of visiting amazing places like the museum, uh, the, the Smithsonian and, and being able to kind of see, you know, visit with lawmakers and things, but actually kind of, you know, meeting with officials who are on the front lines of some of right. these issues. Did you leave more optimistic? You know, I did. And here's the reason why I think that it's really easy for us to lose the idea because we've been in this pandemic where we've all been isolated and we've all you know, not by choice, have not been able to really see humans and talk to humans. Like what I realized, uh, and I think, or it's a reminder that it's just humans in those offices. Mm. Uh, And it's really easy for us to, from a computer screen or from a, uh, a iPhone screen or whatever to say, oh, this person is the sum of their policies or whatever gaffe they made on Twitter or, or and there's people that manipulate the fact that we're just not, we don't realize that people are all just humans trying to figure it out. Uh, and there's people that are, have very extreme views and there's people that, but most people don't live in the extremes. Most people live in the center trying to figure out what the heck is going on and what I've found is it's just better to just try to find like, I mean, we went to Republican offices, we went to Democrat offices and it's like, what, what is where the win is, is when we say, okay, we don't have to agree on everything, but when it comes to whatever topic, can we at least come together and say, let's solve these small issues that we have starts. It's like the Dave Ramsey thing. You know, he talks about with debt. Let's start small. Let's not tackle. We don't have to tackle everything, but let's get the things that we can handle. Let's get those taken care of. And it seemed like even when I told people we were coming from other offices, they weren't really, you know, shocked. It's just like, we just got to the point where we've all gotten our corners and said, we can't fix anything unless somebody does exactly what we want them to do. And just knowing that it's just humans in those offices. Like we have to start looking at our politicians and our friends and and people on whatever social media networks as humans. So we can actually start building actual human connections because it's going to take humanity to get us pressing forward and moving forward and progress in any issue. So I, I, I love that idea, too, because you feel I feel like there's so many people that immediately sort of like either reject or have some sort of, you know, wall they put up when there isn't like 100 percent ideological alignment with a a politician or or someone who's a leader. Like it's like, well, I agree with you on 80 percent, but this 20 I can't talk to you at all because of. But I love that idea of like, hey, look, man, if if that's the if that's the strategy of of waiting until you have the perfect person and the perfect solutions to every issue it's probably never going to happen but Facts. you know finding middle ground with people who are willing to start small i think i think that's awesome man it, yeah, what's man. interesting about we own now is is the issue of addressing the racial you know economic inequality or the racial uh, economic gap is is like it's empowerment and economic growth for a right. community of people which is an interesting issue that both the left and the right are for because yes. the right wants free market, economic yes. growth, empowerment. The left wants to raise up impoverished communities and, and marginalized yes. communities. So it's an interesting cross section that you're sitting at and that you actually, I love, I love finding issues that are the good 
few issues that we can all actually agree about. Like, this is better for America, for society, for the world. Like, can we just work together on those things, even if we disagree on all these other things? And you found one of the issues that I think you could bring people across the aisle uh, together. And that that's a really cool thing, because that's when you can actually make some progress, you know? Yeah, we like it's so crazy that you know, like when I was sitting back thinking during those times of just you know crazy controversy and and frustration and a lot of changes for me. When I thought about okay, what's the solution? Well, we got to find a place where everybody agrees. And I I've not met one person yet that's been like, you know what? If someone does the work and they're owed something, that we shouldn't give it to them. I've not met one person that'll outright say that. So most people believe that when someone does work, they should be able to own and profit off of their work. So I'm like, mm-hmm. well, cool. Let's just start there. Right. Like, let's start there. All the other stuff. We'll work it out as we work it out. Um, and it's also economic empowerment. It, it allows people to have the margin to go get therapy and go work on families and all of those things. We could start there. That's a very tangible thing. But then hopefully that'll spill over into, okay, well, now that I'm, I have, you know, ownership and I have, I can go to, to a therapist and take my family to a therapist and talk through my, um, healing. Like for me, it's about holistic healing. But, you mm-hmm. know, I tell people ownership is not the answer. It's just a part of the answer. Mm-hmm. Still got a long way to go. That's awesome, man. Proud yeah. of you. Proud of you. Doing amazing you. work. Man, it's like, it's awesome to watch. Man. Yeah, really. Thank is, you, man. man. Okay, we're well, moving the show along. Uh, stay tuned. Up next, it's Slices. You're listening to Blue the Tiger and Chromio. The song is Bluetooth. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen Season 4. Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices. What do you have, Jesse? All right, so I I found an interesting study online that I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, uh, now, I first should say, I found this study on a site called time2play.com. I got to tell you, I did not take the time to research what time2play does, but I did see on their site, on this fancy info, infograph, they said, fair use. You can, you can talk about this study as long as you say our URL. So whatever product or service you're offering time2play, Thank you for it. And here's the study that you, you know what a it, lot of time You know what that do. sounds like is that kabooming, kabooming the parks on Park and Rec, Parks and Rec. Do you remember that arc where they had to kaboom a public playground? Oh, you don't yeah. Remember, remember yeah, that? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what it reminded time me of. to play. Time 
two. Kaboom. It's number two. Kaboom. Yeah. Um, all right. But what they wanted to do, <laughs> what they wanted to do was to look at some data to find out uh, just how many people are unfriending or blocking family members on social media and what are the primary reasons why. Now, they're, they're, I, I read about their methodology. It was a few thousand people that they surveyed, and they didn't break down all ages, but they did just kind of give one notable stat when it came to age demographics, um, that the, the demographic that is uh, the age demographic that is has the highest propensity to block family members with 78% saying that they have blocked a family uh, member on Facebook for political Political postings, 78% of that would be millennials. Um, I have some theories about why it's that generation and not, uh, you know, boomers, Gen X or or Gen Z uh, that we can pontificate on. But almost 80% have blocked a family member for for posting political things. Have anyone on this call blocked? Well, Emily, you're technically Gen Z, correct? No, I am millennial. Cameron and I fight about this every week. I am the youngest millennial, but I am a okay. millennial. She is on the so, last year, depending on the survey. You know what it happens is like generations, years, when the generation is new are, are a certain. And then as time goes on, they kind of readjust the years. Yeah. It has readjusted to absorb Emily. Well, ha- has anyone on here blocked a family member on social media for political postings? Yes. Wow. No, I just... <laughs> Don't follow them or mute them. Derek, have you blocked a family member? I don't go on Facebook. Yeah, that's the truth. That's me too. Because I know what's over there. So I haven't been on Facebook in probably two years. (laughs) I just blocked Facebook. I went ahead and technically I blocked all my Facebook. I, I literally took it off my phone. The only time I've gone on Facebook in the last two years is to sell something or to like look for something I want to buy. Like, you know. Like a boat or something like that. Like every now and again, I'll be like, you know what? I want to know what my cousins are doing in Michigan. And then I'm like, nope. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) mind. Well, well, uh, politics has become a major problem because, uh, you know, 43% of all the age groups have blocked a family member. 43% blocked a family member for sharing fake news. And 41% uh, of all ages uh, blocked because they simply post too much political content. Um, <laughs> now, you, you, you compare that, right? Like, okay, so that's that's a big chunk that are doing it exclusively because they don't, they're tired of politics. Now, you compare that to just 28% so that they blocked a loved one because they, you know, are annoying in comments on posts. So the interesting, t- which that's that that seems about right, but that could be about anything. That could be just like, hey, I'm posting pictures from my vacation. Oh gosh, now I got to read this little thing from Aunt So and So who you know uses terrible mm-hmm. grammar on Facebook. You know, people have a higher tolerance for annoying posts, annoying comments on their actual posts than they do for just random political comments from family members. I thought it was really interesting that it's becoming, and, and they looked at Instagram as well. It's a big mm-hmm. trend on Instagram, too, of people blocking family members at a higher rate for political stuff than for interpersonal stuff. Like, less people said that they blocked family members because they wanted to keep kind of 
details about their private life away from certain members of their nosy family than they actually did for political reasons. Um, I wonder, too, if this if, if this is eventually I know Facebook kind of, you know, doubled down on political postings first algorithm for a while because they saw it generated so much activity. I think we've even observed that in, you mm-hmm. know, on the content side. Yeah. But I wonder if the backlash of people, you know, it's causing such negativity where people are blocking their family members at an absurdly high rate. Their actual family on a social media platform meant to, for you that that's built to to connect people. It's actually having the opposite effect. I, I wonder if it's eventually going to work into the algorithm or if the enticement of hosting, you know, political debate is so high that, that they'll continue to do it. But it seems like this survey is some indication of just how toxic it's becoming. I'm out. If, if I see anything other than a Tony Baker uh, animal voiceover <laughs> or something crazy like that, I'm like, I'm cool. I do not, because, yeah, I'm chilling. So just even with social media in general, I've spent way less time on social media this year than I have in the past just because I'm like, I'm out. I, I can't, yeah. I can't handle it anymore. For, for me, I don't want to, uh, if I had, uh, if I was posting something and I had like an aggressive family member, like in my comments or telling me what to think or whatever, like, maybe I would block them. But the idea of my feed and they're just posting their nonsense. Yeah. I'll just mute them. I don't need the interpersonal uh-huh. drama of the fact that uh-huh. they're blocked. I want them to see that we're still friends. But I just, ignorance is bliss. I don't need to see your stuff. Just don't bring it to my page and we're okay. You know what I mean? Because I don't have to watch right. what you're doing on your page. So like I'm with that with Instagram. I have a couple of uh, uh, relatives that I have muted. I am a king of the mute, but I have not blocked them. So, mm-hmm. well, I I am wildly entertained by just insane conspiracies involving <laughs> a variety of topics. So I welcome it in my family. I encourage it because I just want to see. I I just I you know grab the popcorn and just enjoy enjoy the chaos. You know. No. <laughs> so I've only blocked one person, and it was because like what you were saying, Cameron. They were commenting things on my page. Yeah, and it it's was just like, like I don't need your I don't drama want to see that. And it was like in order for me to still care about you i need to not talk to you right um because right. it was just getting really hard so right. they, i've muted a lot of people because i don't want to see their opinions necessarily yeah. um but i've only blocked i've blocked like three people and it was just because they were coming to my page yeah and it's like if you want to post whatever you want on your page you know first amendment whatever but i don't want to like have that on my page because I also don't want other people to see it and have to see, you know, it's one thing for me to see it. It's another thing for other people to see just my thing is do do unto others randos now. Oh, for for sure. 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 If you're a random and, and like if I post something about gas being high and your first take the first tweet or comment I've ever seen from you is how Trump is doing something or Biden is doing something it's like, bruh, it, depending on the level of vitriol behind the yeah. comment will depend on whether you get uh, ignored, muted, or blocked. Like, if it's just, like, mm-hmm. something that's odd, I'm like, man, just I'm not even going to deal with this anymore. It, 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 it does seem like there is no problem 
that people have today that they will not blame uh, the current or former president for. Like they could be like, Facts. you know, my, I'm getting, <laughs> you know, my neighbors are no longer cleaning up their their dog dookie on walks anymore. Because Biden let it. Yeah, let's yeah. Go, Brandon. Like, let's yo, go. What is, <laughs> it's like what does that have to do with anything? I don't know the correlation here. <laughs> yeah. like, it's the truth, man. And like I, I saw a guy arguing, you know, about gas prices. He's like, if if Joe would just open the pipe. He just just opened the pipe, and it's like, do you think there's just one pipe, and the and the and the way to open it is like a valve in the Oval Office? And he's like, all right, today's the day we're opening the bad boy up. Like, I got all the gas that's been hiding back there. And again, I'm not trying to be political. I'm just saying, like, people's logic sometimes just begins to fall apart when they're ranting wildly on Facebook, and they're just looking for a simple, simple solution that they can get angry at to very complex problems. It's almost to some times where it's just laughable and that's why i like it sometimes I, it's just like i'm so entertained by it you know <laughs> it's like yo the mexican pizza came back and then we lost the mexican pizza thanks trump it's yeah. like yeah. bro trump ain't do nothing <laughs> like what does that have to do with anything bro it's like yo yeah it's this is uh no, we just or, live in uh, uh alternate reality and though it's broke yeah, no, or they, 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 they just find insane correlations yeah. that you're like, I mean, <laughs> if you're correlating them, maybe you know something I don't. It's like, oh, now the new season of Stranger Things is only doing half right now, and I got to wait till July for the first half. <laughs> Before Putin and Zelensky and Biden and, and the laptop <laughs> with Hunter, it, we didn't have to worry about this. And yes. you're like, ah, yeah. all right, well, we'll see. We'll see, see, the difference between me and you, Jesse, is you like watching the chaos like you enjoy yes. Scott's Tots. Yeah, I, I can't do. handle Scott's Tots. I don't want to see the chaos. So I just mute all that because I don't need that because you love it. You revel in it. I do. I do. It's just it, it's 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 like the thing in, 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 in the dark night where, you know, it, some people just like to watch the world world burn. Like, I, that's all. I'm just watching. I'm just watching the comments burn. And I, I just enjoying myself. And you, you know? have just, a lot and you have a lot of headaches because of it. I'm just telling you, you need to you need to cleanse the what, aura, that's buddy. My, that's my headache reliever. It's like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's like I'm trying to de-stress here. I'm that like, it, that would wind me up. I would get all stressed out. It de-stresses yeah. me because I'm like, well, I'm not as stressed as this person because they're blaming <laughs> global conflict on, you know, the, 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 the price of, you know, their soda, uh, yeah. you know, going up three cents uh, versus five years ago. It's like, let me just watch. This is too much fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you have, Emily? Um, I want to talk about this new report. Uh, that found that one third of Americans making $250,000 a year are actually living paycheck to paycheck every month. Um, and wait, say, say that know, again, say it again. One. Okay. You said it correctly. So, I just want to absorb what you said. One, one yeah, third, so one third of Americans who make at least or make up to $250,000 are still living paycheck to paycheck. Every not month. up to if they make two fifty. Or more. I, up to would include everybody. Oh, sorry, make at least yeah. two hundred fifty. Yeah, at least two hundred fifty. Sorry, um, are still living paycheck to paycheck. Um, wow, which is just crazy because I'm thinking if I make two hundred fifty thousand, I'm set for life. But apparently not. You know because- what though? That's the that's the weird price point where 
you spend like you're rich mm-hmm. and you live probably a little bit above your means. Your car payment's a little mm-hmm. too much. Your ha- your mortgage is probably a little too much. Yeah. You, 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 you travel and you're, you're just, you're maxing out your, your income and mm-hmm. that makes you ch- pay, check to paycheck. You know, I mean, yeah. it's because the lifestyle that you think you're owed at that income level is probably a little greater than what you can mm-hmm. actually afford, you know? Yeah. And that was one, that was what the study found, you know, like about 10% of those high earners are struggling to make ends meet. Um, and a lot of it is because of housing costs and just household expenses. Um, you know, the housing market itself is just so much more expensive. And so, um, even if you can find a house, you probably can't actually afford it, but it's close to where your job is. It's where you need. And so, yeah. um, a lot of people are, just kind of struggling or, you know, they're able to pay the bills, but then they don't really have anything left over. Left over yeah. And, you yeah. know, we've always been taught, like, if you work hard and you make money, you'll be fine. And it's like, you know, that, that level of comfort is just getting higher and higher. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. It, it does show too, like when I was in, when I was in, you know, high school, it's like you took a lot of classes to teach you a lot of different stuff that you just never use one time in your life after high school. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I've never used algebra in my casual life. You know, we literally have a a, a device in all of our pockets. Some of us wear it on our wrists that can do very complex math problems. Mm -hmm. I can just ask it with my voice (laughs) to divide two numbers. I don't need to know how it got to the resolution, but I didn't really take any uh, classes on money management yeah. or or mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. how interest rates works or mm-hmm. you know the the benefits of different s- types of saving uh, accounts and Roth IRAs and 401ks mm-hmm. like stuff that was actually very pertinent to my adult life were just completely ignored uh, throughout you know my education I can't speak for everyone but if you're going from pretty standard curriculums here they would tell you a lot about you know how to you know the mathematics nuances of different you know geometric shapes which is interesting but it it doesn't have any practical real world application where it's like well maybe we should talk to people how to you know manage finances uh, a little better here i i I, and that ties back to what derek's doing (laughs) with we own now but i i I saw somebody Mm -hmm. tweet the other day like man i really wish i could go back to being 15 again because i know what to do now you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and it's like I, that mentality is what I'm trying to impart to my son. It's like things that I'm learning, like Derek, you know this stuff, but like if, if he at 18 put a hundred dollars a month from his part-time paycheck into an investment account and just let it ride compound interest, the difference of what he would have. And he just does that forever. Right. The difference of starting at 18 and starting at like 30 is the difference of like $4 million when he's retirement age or something. And it's just insane. The practical application of if you could just learn from my mistakes and start Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. and, you know, save differently, invest differently, give differently. Like, you know, that's what I'm trying to impart to my kid because I agree. I mean, it's like that financial literacy component is just not taught, you know, and a lot of us learn the hard way. So Mm -hmm. interesting. All right. What do you have, Derek? So, yeah, uh, Apple just unveiled at WWDC, the Worldwide Developers Conference, among other things like a new MacBook, new lock screen, new uh, chipset inside of the MacBook. And guess what else you can do? You can edit and you can unsend iMessages. 
Praise this God. is going to be a blast. I can't <laughs> wait for the group chat where you have a whole crazy, somebody lost their mind, got frustrated, everybody said whatever, and you just delete and unsend your text. Like, that's going to be Dude. amazing. Make- <laughs> I saw, I, I've seen all the internet, all the all the takes, all the memes, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, but somebody said, and oh. in, in in great news for alcoholics, Apple's going to let you delete those late night texts. And it's just like, or those girl, yeah. that girl that like you went on a date and like thirty minutes you, after you get home, no, thirty minutes after you get home, you're like, hey, da da da, and it's just like, okay, you're a little needy there, buddy. You just slow it down. Well, iPhone I, is about to be called cheat phone because all oh. the people that are unfaithful are gonna just be like, yo, delete the news, delete the nudes, like, <laughs> send the nudes. Oh Here's my, my god, thing, man. I don't even, I don't like texting as it is. Like, it's you know, I, I like talking to my friends, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I have a chatty guy i just don't like texting i yeah. just it's like the the uh, actual execution of it they're just making it more complicated and make it more ways that it just becomes more unfun like just keep it simple apple everything everything's getting just keep the product simple no if someone's say what you say text disagree what you need to text. disagree okay? disagree as somebody who went through a tumultuous dating relationship for a few years the idea of being able to take back emotional texts that you the next no. day are <laughs> rethinking. It's accountability for your no, words. That's petty, bro. Dude, I am, I am thrilled for the future. As I, all hits, no skips. You know what I'm saying? Like all my texting is going to be flawless now. It's great. I love it. It's, you know, within a week of this launching, someone's going to launch an app that's like will capture your text before they're deleted. Like some third party uh-huh, thing that uh-huh. you can install that even if the text is deleted, it's memorized somewhere on your phone because you can see if people delete your text. You know that's going to happen. It's like everyone, and then everyone's going to download it. It's going to be pointless. The whole, you know, it, I, we can we can see the writing on the no, wall here. It's going to be even more fun because people are going to get viruses <laughs> off of that I got app receipts. that they downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to create the app and it's going to be called receipts. And it's basically, it's going to uh-huh. capture every text message. And they, they're like, I didn't text you that. What do you, I didn't, I didn't drunkenly text you something terrible last night. Oh yeah. My receipts app says you did. <laughs> if you're a developer, if you're a developer, want to develop this for me pro bono, um, just please find me <laughs> online or text me. And uh, I'll my, have a, my favorite a, a, a written contract. Yeah. It's the graphic we used when we posted this news, but but I love that actually at the Apple announcement, the text that they showed on the phone screen yeah. to show that this is a good thing is an over eager like person saying to the person they have feelings for like you know it's just like they they kind of like had a overshare of like i really like you mm-hmm. sort of a thing and it's like this was the example of the sort of text that you're going to want to pull back tomorrow morning yeah. and you're going to be able to now i love it no. it's good for america the text that no. they were undoing was hi lamb chop it's only been an hour and i miss you already love you with the kisses on the joint no and it's a no. the recipient no recipient deserves to see what kind of person nah. they call me lamb chop <laughs> 
As soon as Lamb Chop came out, blocked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this does a disservice to the receiver of these texts. They oh, no. see about to thrive. Players everywhere about to no. thrive. It's That's no. what I'm saying. Like no, I'm saying, here, hey, you throw a lot of emotional noodles on the wall. See which ones stick, and then you delete the other ones. That's what I'm no, saying. Like terrible <laughs> advice. That's no. terrible advice. No, it's great. This is wonderful for America. Yeah, so fun. I am going to be the best dater ever moving forward because I can delete the overshares. It's great. Good for See, me. People are gonna have to be really good at screen. They're like, gonna have to be quick at screenshotting. <laughs> that's why you have to. That's why like, you have to download the receipts app. No, think about it. Think about it. Ding, and they go to find. They go to pick up their phone, and it's like there's no message. You're gonna be like, what did they say? Hey, well, like, that's what my app will do. It automatically screenshots at the, when you get the message, and you're like, oh. I legit might do that just to annoy people. Like just yeah. send just random texts that don't matter, and then two in the morning, well, yeah, just wake them up. <laughs> will it notify that a text has been sent and then unsent? Yeah, it says it's yeah, yeah. There's that It'll little tiny that thing that says like this message was edited. There's a little gray fine print underneath the message, but not edited. It, I'm saying like the unsent one. Like if if it's, it's gone, there will be a little line that says this message was deleted by the sender. <laughs> Right, oh, and man, so that's gonna stress me out. Yeah, dude, introducing more. But like, I don't. Every like girl it. I've well, ever liked is gonna have all these deleted by the sender, deleted by the sender, deleted by the sender. <laughs> this is the most anxiety. Which is another anxiety-inducing yeah. feature. Two a.m., two o one a.m., two o four a.m., two o seven a.m. Deleted, 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 deleted. It's uh, great. I don't even. It's I don't amazing. even like. Love I even it. Like the three dots. Okay. Well, oh, it's like oh, they, no, they're, they're gonna respond about later tonight. Hold on, the dots went away. Just a sec. Yeah. Uh, they're back, they're back. Dots went away. <laughs> it's, it's too stressful. It's too stressful. I don't need more it's, it's stress on my phone. My phone causes me enough stress. You're trying, like, I need to get on Facebook and watch some crazy relatives argue about politics to de stress right now. Like, just imagine, imagine this argument, Jesse. Like, you going back and forth with somebody, you send the most just crazy thing in the world and then you say oh I shouldn't have sent that you unsend it the person looks they don't know what you sent but they know you unsent something uh-huh. so then their text starts That's what, I'm what did you just say yeah. send it back send Nothing. it back send it back and then they realize that they were tripping so they unsend all of that <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the entire conversation is deleted by the sender deleted by the sender and then it just it just descends into a war of attrition where you keep where both of you start typing and quickly delete so both of you are just Sending dots to each other. Like, someone's someone's got a text there. It's like non communication it. becomes ready. the communication. I'm the, ready the, for the medium it. is the message. It's all happening, people. I'm yeah. ready te- for it. You text I'm someone ready. that you got feelings for them. They don't text you back. They leave you unread. You know what? You just delete the evidence. You never did it. You move on with your life. This is a great day. That seems healthy. That seems healthy. That seems healthy. Jesse, I need to know are you the type of person if someone sends you a text, You'll just call them instead. A lot of times, them? a lot of times, because I, like mm. I, I get that I, hurts. I, 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 well. Occasionally, I will, but now I just have a system where it's like I'm going to text when I have a, when I have a minute here. Because if I text too quick, I'm I'm reading 15 things at one time. Cameron texted me about something yesterday, and I in in a moment of just like all right, I got I want to respond. Totally I, misread I, it. I, I completely misread <laughs> what he was attempting to say, even though it was perfectly written. Like I don't trust myself with this technology. People, let you just give me a ring. I'll probably pick up. You know, <laughs> just give me a ring. Oh man! All right, well that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Lisa Bevere joins us. Oh, my. 
listening to Kid Bloom. The song is Cowboy. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Our guest today is Lisa Bevere. She's a best-selling author, speaker, and faith leader. Her new book is called Fiercely Loved, and it dives into deep truths about our identity as believers. Uh, Lisa sat down with downtown Emily Brown to discuss who Christians are truly meant to be and how the church can build up leaders who can be confident and bold. Here's our conversation with Lisa Bevere. Well, I am so excited to talk to you about your book, Fiercely Loved. Um, And I really just want to start off with the title. You know, there's a lot of different ways we can describe God's love. So why do you see it as fierce? Because I think most people feel fiercely judged. And so I thought, I'm going to flip this. And I also think that it's kind of become white noise. People are like, oh, yeah, I know God loves me. I know he loves me. But they haven't experienced it and they don't have an understanding of that God is love. Like I have love for my grandkids. And if anybody tried to hurt them, they would see the fierce Sicilian side of me, Mm. but God is so much more engaged, involved, aware. And I just feel like we've become kind of sterile and tame with the love of God. And I think if we don't, um, there seems to be like two things going on. Either people are afraid to receive his love and actually understand that he loved them before, not love them because, but love them before. And they kind of live in this a, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to shame myself. I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to earn that love. Well, you can't earn what was given. So you have, you have kind of this detachment from it. And then you've got the other thing where God loves me. I can do whatever the heck I want. I can live however I want. I can speak however I want. So it kind of feels like we need to have a connection with this God who is love, but he's also a consuming fire. think um or you know i know comparison is just not great obviously so um how does or how do you think comparison affects our understanding of god's love for us well first and foremost you know paul's the one that said i do not dare to compare so comparison will either make you feel proud like i'm so much better we're gonna be pharisees oh i'm so glad i'm not like him i'm not like her i'm doing better than them Or it's going to isolate us with insecurity. Oh, I wish I was more. So what I have found with comparison is it will always push us on the outside looking in. And, you know, when I travel and speak, I I use this kind of silly uh, example. I talk about going on a date with your husband 
And on the date, you, you're happy, you're, you're so excited. Yeah, you're finally escaping the kids. You're going to a movie. And then somewhere along the movie storyline, you watch as the fake husband kisses the fake wife. And you think, when was the last time my husband kissed me like that? He never kisses me like that anymore. And you start pulling away during the movie. You're kind of like angry. You're leaving the movie theater and you're kind of a little bit cold shouldering your husband. He's like, what's going on? And you're like, you know what's going on. You know. He's like, no, I have no idea that you were comparing me to Thor. I had no idea <laughs> that you were thinking, why doesn't my husband act like that? And so Theodore Roosevelt said it the best. He said, comparison is a thief of joy. So when I see something, that someone else has, and I imagine that it has been deducted from me, I'm never going to be happy for them. But if I see, hey, I love the way that couple is loving each other, or I love the way that person is being uh, promoted, or I love the way that that woman has found who she really is. If I celebrate that, then I get to be part of it. Mm -hmm. If I demean it, compare it, get angry about it, God's like, Baby girl, I'm going I'm to have to bench you for a while until you figure this out. At least that's what he does with me. Emily, he might do something different, uh, but he's like, we're, go we're going in some, some, some cave time until you figure this <laughs> out. Because each and every one of us are woven with wonder. And what we have done is we have looked to other people to define us. And really only our creator has the right to define us. I don't believe that the opposite of fear is faith because you can have faith in your fears. I believe the opposite of fear is love and love, perfected love casts out all fear. So I got to love people enough to tell them the truth that will set them free. But you know what? And this is, again, one of my things I'm upset with. For a long time, the church has preached the truth without love and the truth without love is harsh. So our culture has responded by preaching love without truth, but love without truth is a lie. And so you and I are alive in a day where we're going to have to live the truth in love. And that means we're going to have to tremble at God's word rather than people's words. That means we're going to have to decide we want to be influential, which means we use our power for others more than we want to be popular. And we're just going to have to sort it out in private. And, and when we get our own stuff figured out, we can love one another because we're not even loving each other in the church well. <laughs> love one another in the church well, because there's way more that we actually agree on than we disagree on. You know, I have, um, I did all these essentials and non-essentials and we fight about the non-essentials. We don't fight about the essentials. And so I think if we focus on the essentials, you know, like, okay, an essential would be, who we worship. A non-essential would be style of worship. So, you know, like we fight about, oh, I don't like the smoke machines. I don't like, uh, we, you know, you guys are religious. You don't have instrument. Style is a non-essential. Who we worship in spirit and truth is the essential. And so we just kind of get confused with the non-essentials. How do you think the church can get back to the essentials then? Because I think, um, I think a lot of people feel that way, but it almost feels like the, you know, it's, it's hard to address the situation when you don't even know where to begin. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I think we need to stop arguing 
and start loving. And I don't think that kindness is an endorsement of sin. And I think a lot of times the church is unkind. So I think that kindness would go a long way. You know, it says in Proverbs about our, our favorite woman, uh, says she opens her mouth with wisdom and kindness. So I've kind of had to tell myself, if it's not wise and it's not kind, you need to close your mouth. You just need to, you just need to, you just need to shut it down. So I think if we were quieter and created sacred spaces, then we would have the ability to actually know what God is saying. Because I feel like right now there's a lot of shaking going on, but it's kind of like God's quiet. I feel like it's like intermission and the curtains closed and he's moving some pieces around and we want to get mad and say, well, this is why the curtains closed or this is why there's moving pieces. And, and it's not, not the first time this has happened between the book of Malachi and the book of Matthew, there was 400 years of silence. And when there's silence, the Pharisees come out and they start tattletaling and making rules and attacking other people. And I just have learned I can go to bed free and wake up a Pharisee. So I need to find out my own Pharisaical things, which is why fierce love didn't feel like it fit in a religious uh, dynamic. It felt a little bit out there. And then renew our mind. There's a lot of things in this day and time that sound right, but feel wrong. And so we need to read the word of God so that the word of God rightly divides our motives and that we are hearing things correctly. I think that we need to become fluent in the language of our making. And until we actually begin to be careful with what we say, because the, the Proverbs is very clear that perversity of speech leads to a perverse path, which leads to a perverse end. So what I say, what I post, what I say to you, what I say to others, whether it's in private or in public, it matters. It matters because God gives you and I this incredible gift called speech, which is why he says, I'm going to give an account for every idle word, words that don't build, words that don't minister life and truth. So I have such an awareness. The church has a chance to get united, to speak the truth in love to live the truth and love, to actually do what she was created to do, which is to be community, to care for something outside. It doesn't just, you know, like my neighbor, my neighbor, the person I can see, it's so much easier to write a check than it is to get involved in someone's messy life. Mm. I had a young girl yesterday ask me, she said, I really want you to mentor me. And she was in South Africa. And I said, I love you, but you need someone there. You mm -hmm. need someone present, someone who can talk to you, somebody that can hold you, somebody that can meet you. And, and I don't think we have, I think we have forgotten how crucial it is to actually ask people if they're okay and be all right if they say, I'm not. And then say, what can I do to help? That was Lisa Bevere. Stay tuned up next. Well, you'll see.
You're listening to Carlina. The song is Deeper. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Well, I was, I promised, I, I alluded to, I tossed that I was going to have table topics for the cast, but we have run out of time. We have a hard out on our recording window today, so we will table this for next week. So before we wrap things up, uh, I, I want to again thank Lisa Bevere for joining us today. Fiercely Loved is her new book, and it is available now. Go check it out. She's great. I love Lisa. Also, make sure to head over to RelevantMagazine.com to see all of our incredible content. And while you're there, sign up for Relevant Plus to get exclusive features on our site, including unlimited reading and ad-free reading. You can even get an enhanced version of our digital magazine, ad-free, which offers unique insight into faith, life, culture, and justice. You also will get an exclusive subscriber podcast and you will get an edition of this podcast that was released early and ad-free. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for Relevant Plus now. Plan started just $250 a month. Ad-free. Come on, everybody. What you want and more of it, even better. It's great. Also, while you're at RelevantMagazine.com, check out our daily devotional series, Deeper Walk, which is presented by Lumo. There's a morning devotional email you can sign up for, or you can just check out the that day's devotional right there in the faith section on our website. Much appreciation to Lumo for the support. Also, if you like our show or have a favorite part of our show or anything, leave us a review and rate the show wherever you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of the other many platforms we're on. We love the feedback and it helps other people discover this show as well. We love hearing from you guys. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Derek Miner. We'll see you next time. Have a great week, everyone. listening to the relevant podcast check out our features interviews and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com and make sure to follow relevant on facebook twitter and instagram for the latest for more great podcasts browse the shows on the relevant podcast network which you can find at our site and while you're there don't miss the all-new era of relevant magazine a new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com I need to get on Facebook and watch some crazy relatives argue about politics to de-stress right now. Relevant Podcast Network.